glad that God is with us. We're glad to have our evangelist back again this weekend. Amen. And I pray that you will open your heart to him today and the word of God and you'll just let God move. Would you do that? Amen. God. Hallelujah. Let's clap our hands unto the Lord. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Well, I was glad when they said unto me, Let's go to the house of God. This is the safe place. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible says how beautiful, how wonderful it is. Brethren, dwell together in the spirit of unity. Unity is not an emotion. Unity is a spirit. When we all get on the same page, all wanting the same thing. And I believe everybody in the building today wants a move of God. I want you to have a move of God. You know, people are funny. I, uh, While you're turning to Mark chapter number 10, I recently was told a little story. This man who was shipwrecked on an island, spent years on this island. He had survived. One day a rescue ship showed up, and they saw three little huts on the island. And the man gets in the boat. The man says, the captain says, sir, i got to ask you, what is that house? He said, well, that's my home. He said, I've, over time I made me a little house here, and uh, that's where I've lived. He looked, he said, well, what's this one over here? He said, well, that was my church. He said, that's where I would go on Sundays and Wednesdays, and, and I would exercise my faith and worship God. And he said, okay, you have your church, and you have your house. He said, but what's this other building? He said, well, that's where I used to go to church. Because people are people, whether you're on an island or whether you're in a congregation. There's something to be said for people that love God and want to grow in God. Verse number 46 of Mark chapter number 10. And they came to Jericho. And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he had heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Many charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried the more a great deal, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. I want to preach this morning on this thought, blind faith. Blind faith. Thank you, Jesus, for your spirit. Thank you for your word. Oh, Holy Ghost, you know where each and every person is in this building, and I believe that you're going to speak. I believe you're going to minister. I believe you're going to give clear direction to people in this sanctuary this morning. 
We take dominion over everything. I bind every spirit of distraction that would try to work against people in this building this morning. I pray that faith would be released in our hearts today and that you, your perfect will would be done. Can we clap our hands unto the Lord and give God praise this morning? Amen, amen. Lord bless you. You may be seated. Blind faith. I believe this morning eyesight could be said as being one of the most amazing and often taken for granted senses of the human body. As a kid, I used to try to imagine functioning without sight. I would close my eyes and I would try to see if I could maneuver around and and, and I gained a quick appreciation for eyesight. You see, life is quite different when you can't see. In fact, if we're all honest, somewhere in our house, we know where the flashlights are. We know where the batteries are. We know where the candles are. Because in the event that the electricity goes out, and at my house, it normally happens at night. Everything changes when the lights go out. You could have lived in that house and not have moved your furniture for 30 years. But when the lights go out, it's like you're walking in a strange land. When the lights go out, this is what normally we start doing. Even though we know where that couch is, We know the only thing that's questionable is the kids' toys. That's a variable in the whole equation. But in regards to, you could have walked that same path every single day. But when the lights go out, this is what we start doing. We start trying to live by what we feel instead of by what we know. When the lights go out, we start trying to grope around in the dark trying to look for some landmark to guide me along the way. We start trying to, to live and walk this walk based on what we feel. You see, blind people have learned to live their life and communicate off of what is known as the Braille system. Everything is based upon what they can feel. And there are a lot of people in this life trying to live for God in dark places, but they're living for God based upon what they feel. And your feelings will lie to you. Your feelings will lead you in the wrong direction. My friend, when you're trying to live based on what you feel, then when you're in the midst of the fight for your life, you feel beat down. You feel defeated. You feel frustrated and uncertain. You don't see any hope and you don't see any help. You don't see any power and you don't see any peace. You're in that place in your life where you got to learn to live based on what you know, not off of what you feel. And I know he's never failed me. I know he can make a way when there is no way. I know he can turn my life around. I know he can step in the middle of my darkness and he knows right where I'm at. Don't you dare doubt in the dark. 
this morning about blind faith. When you can't see and you got to live for God based upon what you know. And you can't go off of what you feel because those feelings will lead you in the wrong direction. We find this morning blind Bartimaeus sitting by the, by the outside of Jericho begging. I'm not sure if he was born blind or if this was a, a condition that came on with life. Nonetheless, he was blind. And the Bible says he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth. He began to cry out. What I find so amazing about this Bartimaeus was he didn't see his answer. But he knew that it was there. You see, people, there, there, there's people just like that today. You don't see, you can't see your answer, but you know it's there. I may not see how it's going to work out, but I still can open my mouth and cry out because I got a knowledge that it's there. I can't see the financial provision, but it's there. I can't see how God's going to work out my marriage, but it's there. I can't see it, but I know it's there. That's why Paul said, for we walk by faith. And not by sight. Hear me. The one sense we rely on the most in the flesh. We rely on the least in the spirit. We rely upon what we see in the flesh greatly. But in regards to living for God. That's the thing that you have to rely on the least. Because you can't judge what God's doing in the spirit world based on what you see with the human eye. But that doesn't mean God is not working. That does not mean God is not orchestrating things for his glory. You see, he didn't, Bartimaeus couldn't see. What he couldn't see didn't stop him from opening his mouth. I don't know where he's at. But I know he's there. I don't know where the answer is, but I know that it's there. The hardest time to open your mouth, my friend, is when you can't see it, but you know it's there. So what am I going to do? I'm going to praise him while the wall's still standing. I'm going to praise him while I'm still sick in my body. I'm going to open my mouth and praise him when I don't see it all unfolding like I think it should. Brother Landon, that prophet said, go again. I don't see it, but I know it's coming. You see, you thought Brother Landon was just up here exhorting. He was walking in the Holy Ghost because God is trying to convince somebody not to give up. You may not see the manifestation right away, but it doesn't mean it's not there. Preacher, I don't see how. After everything I've done in the life that I've lived, I don't see how I can come up to an altar, repent of my sins, and God fill me with his spirit, and I can leave. I just don't see it. You see, people have a hard time seeing themselves as anything other than what they've always been. That's why it's hard for me to see myself skinny. 
visualizing us living any other way than the way we've always lived. But just because you don't see it doesn't mean it can't happen. My friend, you can walk up to an altar this morning, repent of your sins, God fill you with his spirit, and you walk out of here a different person. See, blind faith relies on what is heard, not what is seen. The Bible says, and when he heard that it was Jesus. You see, it's very common in cases of blindness when that one sense deteriorates or is not there. Other senses become increasingly sensitive. And they rely on what they hear. See, you better be careful of what voices you listen to. Why? Because faith cometh by hearing. Faith doesn't come by seeing. Faith cometh by hearing. And how does hearing come? By the word of God. See, when he tried to step out and exercise his faith, there was all those people around him said, Be quiet. Be quiet. You've all, you're always going to be like this. See, when you start trying to stretch your faith to believe for the impossible, there's always going to be people get in your ear. There's always going to be voices trying to mess with your mind. And which voice you listen to is going to dictate how well your faith responds. If you listen to the voice of God that says, I'm able, I can do it, nothing is impossible, then your faith is going to elevate. But if you listen to the voice of negativity in your life, it's going to pull away at your faith. You see, what you listen to, directly influences your level of faith. The reason this man was so intent was because he didn't listen to the negative voices. And in case you haven't figured it out yet, not everyone is going to share your faith. Not everybody's going to, I wish I could tell you everybody's going to just come up to you and be an encourager and tell you God's going to do it. But that's not how this thing works because people are people. And they're going to try to tell you every reason why it's just you, you've always been like this. It's always, you're always going to live like this. You, know, you might as well just accept things as they are. That's the voice of negativity. But this man, even after all of that, he just kept on crying out because he heard, my answer's there. My answer is there got to be like Abraham. All Abraham had was a word. And blind faith stepped out on a word. He didn't see his destination. He didn't see his answer. But the Bible says in Romans 4.20 in the Amplified, no unbelief or distrust made him waver. Or doubtingly question concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong and was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God. All he had was a word. And he was walking on a word. And the Bible says in Genesis 21 and 1, And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said. That's a word. And the Lord 
did unto Sarah as he had spoken. Did means that's the answer. He had a word and he had an answer because God is a word speaker and God is a promise keeper. And if you have a word, I don't have to see it come to pass. I can come to church and praise him on a word. I can wake up and declare, thank God for the word. of a story in 1988, the Winter Olympics. It featured a story about blind skiers. And that caught my attention. I've never been skiing and I got my sight, much less people going skiing and can't see. Blind skiers that were being trained for slalom skiing. And it sounds impossible, but here's what they did. They paired each blind skier with a skier that could see. And they started them out in what they call the flats. And they taught them how to respond to a word. And on the flats, that person with good eyesight would say, left, right, left, right. Because if you've never seen solemn skiing, that's all they do is go left, right, okay? Left, right. And that person, the blind, would learn to just, not question, just obey. Oh, they couldn't see where they were going. But there was a voice telling them, this is the way to go. This is what you got to do. And when they had mastered it on the flats, they put them on the slopes. And they skied, learning, having learned to listen to that voice. And the partner would, would tell them to ski beside them, saying, left. Right. And as they obeyed, they were able to cross the finish line depending solely on the person's voice. It was either going to be complete trust or it was going to be a total catastrophe. You see, this is how God works. He brings you to the flats and you go through some small things that you can't see. And he teaches you how to listen. Left, right, pray fast. Worship. Be faithful. And when you make it through the flats, then you're going to go through some harder things. But you can make it through the harder things because you've learned to listen to the voice in the small things. I'm talking to people this morning that you can't see it, but you hear the voice that's telling you, I know where you're at. You just keep on going. You just keep on being faithful. It's amazing riding in a car with that GPS is you can hear the voice and you base everything you do off of what that voice says, but you're just lead, you're, you're following blindly somewhere you've never been. And we want so bad when we hit a long stretch of road, we just want that voice to come up and say, oh, you're doing good. Everything's going great. I know where you're at. But the only time you hear the voice is when it's time to make a move. And in living for God, you may go through those stretches where you want so desperately God to say, I know where you're at. You're doing great. You just need an attaboy. You just need a little encouragement. But just because you don't hear it doesn't mean you're not going in the right direction. You just got to have faith that God knows where you're at. Blind. 
will always lead to visible manifestation. Blind faith. He didn't give up even though he couldn't see the answer. But Jesus called him. I know right where you're at. And what he did was he separated himself from those things that always held him back. He threw his garment to the side. And he went to Jesus. And Jesus said, your faith hath made you whole. Blind faith led to a visible manifestation. See, I, I remember another story where there was a blind man in John chapter 9. And Jesus came upon him. And they said, well, who did sin? He said, this man didn't sin, nor did his parents. But that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I'm going to use that situation to show everybody that his blindness, his blind faith is going to lead to a visible manifestation. And the Bible said when Jesus healed him, his parents, they went to the parents and said, what's going on here? And they said, he is of age. Ask him. He shall speak for himself. My friend, the miracle always speaks for itself. You don't have to try to explain it. When God steps in, it's not going to be the result of man's hands. It's going to be the visible manifestation of the glory of God in your situation. You see, problems are for our good and God's glory. Jesus said, hey, this situation, I'm going to use it to display my power in his life. I'm going to use it. He's got blind faith. I remember, I remember several years ago, and I probably shared this here. Most of my stories testing my faith include RV. This is an RV story. And I was pulling my trailer. I was pulling my trailer from, from uh, Lake Charles to Mississippi. And I got out of my trailer to set it up, and I noticed there was a big crack coming down the side uh, by my slide out. And I knew that crack had not been there when I left. And so not knowing anything about RVs, I, was, I started calling people that did. And there was some of these people that they were draining my faith really quick. I mean, they told, Brother Tyler, that thing's going to fall apart on you driving down the highway. It thing's broken in half. I mean, I'm sitting here. I was afraid to even hook up to it. This thing, I, I envisioned it splitting in two on the way home. And I'd already totaled one RV, so this is number two I'm working on here. And so I remember driving from Mississippi, driving all the way. I dropped it off at Sulphur, and I was going to Revival somewhere in Texas. And I told the people at the RV shop, I said, look, I've got insurance. We can, you know, file a claim or whatever. So they called me about two days later, and they said, Mr. Stevenson, we think that you have a crack in your frame. And it's going to be $7,600 to fix that crack. And I'm sitting here. I said, well, okay, I've got insurance. So we'll just file on the insurance. No problem. So a couple of weeks later, they call me. Mind you, this is not for vacations, okay? We, this was our home. And so we had moved in with my mother-in-law. And so we're going back and forth. And they call me and they said, Mr. Stevenson, we have denied your claim on your RV because this is just part of wear and tear on an RV. We're not going to cover this. I would love to tell you that angels came and ministered to me in that parking lot <laughs> when I was talking, when I got off the phone with them. But I think angels were even afraid to come around me <laughs> because I was so livid. 
I was paying three times normal RV insurance because I was a full-time RVer. And so I began to talk to God. God, what in the world? I mean, why, 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 why? And so people, you know those people that tell you this is what you ought to do, this is what you ought to do, but those people are not in the situation? Well, if, if it was me, well, it ain't you. But I got hooked up and caught up in it. You need to, you need to, uh, you need to get a lawyer and you need to sue them. The first thing I thought was, if I had money for a lawyer, I'd fix the crack. We wouldn't worry about a, a, a lawyer. But I got caught up in it. Oh, you need to email the president of, of the of the. Boy, I started firing off emails, and I mean, I was getting, I was just getting jazzed up in this whole thing. And I said, God, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I was trying everything I could to fix this situation. I was pleading. I was praying, God, I need an answer. You ever been there? God, I don't know what to do. I'm living with my mother-in-law. That's a bad thing. But I was living with my mother-in-law. I love my mother-in-law. But you know the difference between in-laws and outlaws is outlaws are wanted. And so I was pleading and praying and crying. I was so worked up. I went over to, to, to that, the church I was preaching at. We went to lunch. And I leaned my asked that pastor. I said, brother, you, uh, you know any good lawyers? I didn't have two pennies rubbed together. Do you know any good lawyers? He leans back in his chair and he says, uh, son, why don't we let God handle this? And I thought, well, there's a revelation. I've been telling everybody across the country to do that. That's called faith. So I told him at the RV place, I said, you know what? Go ahead and start working on it. I, I didn't know. I didn't have no money. And literally within the next three weeks, over $5,000 came handed to me. And they called me when it was done and said, Mr. Stevenson, we were wrong. It wasn't a cracked frame. It only cost $1,700 to fix your trailer. Blind faith. So when it was all done, when it was all said and done, and I'm back in my trailer and life is good, I asked God, I began to pray, I said, God, why in the world did it happen like that? That's not how, I mean, if it was up to me, hey, insurance, take care of it, everything's good, let's go with it. And the Lord spoke to me and said, because if your insurance would have covered it, I would have got no glory from the miracle. My friend, if as long as you try to do it your way and make everything happen like you think it's going to happen, then God is robbed of the glory from the miracle. Blind faith says, I don't see how it's going to work out, but I just got enough faith to go ahead and praise him anyhow. I just know he's never failed me yet. I just know he can put the pieces back together. Come on, if you believe it, stand with me all over this building this morning. Blind faith. Blind faith. Blind faith. God, I don't see it. But my faith knows it's there. There's people this morning that you're the only thing that's kept you going is you've got a word from God. I'm talking to people that you haven't told anybody the thing that you're holding on to in your heart. And that word is the only thing keeping you alive. I, I spoke to a lady not too long ago from my home church. She came to the Lord many years ago, probably over 40 years ago. Her husband was an old iron worker, real rough. They had, I think, believe six kids. 
And he didn't stop her from going to church. One day she was on her way home from a Christmas banquet. And some people from church were following her. And when she pulled on her her road, the Lord spoke to the man behind her about her husband and said, His redemption draweth nigh. So when he got to her house, he said, This is what the Lord said about your husband. His redemption draweth nigh. She's told me, she said, Brother Tyler, every day, I just kept believing his redemption is going to draw nigh. It's going to happen. I don't know when. I don't know how. Over 36 years later, fishing at Toledo Bend, he decided to pop into a little church in Anacoka, Louisiana. And they were in revival. And God filled them with the Holy Ghost. And he was baptized in Jesus' name. And when he passed away, he passed away born again of the water and of the Spirit. And she told me the only thing I had was a word from God. Her blind faith never gave up. Even when everything else around her said otherwise, she held on to a word from God. Now's not the time to throw in the towel. Now's not the time to say, God, uh, it's too late. It's never too late as long as God is still God. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care if you can't see any light coming through. I don't care if you think you're too far gone. Blind faith says I'll still cry out because I know my answer is there. Lift up your hands all over this building right now. Come on, I see a cloud. The size of a man's hand. Oh, God, come on all over this building. I bind fear in the name of Jesus. I bind unbelief in the name of Jesus. I take dominion over anxiety in the name of Jesus. You've been worrying yourself sick. How? It's going to work itself out. I got a word from God for you this morning. 